to the Golf Barons podcast, Tenuous Links, a golf pun we're not only incredibly proud of, but one we're also sure to emulate. Let us careen through bloviated opinions on all things golf, some outrageous innovation ideas to speed up the game, a few laughs, and an historical retelling of an iconic golf moment. Time to add some swagger to your swing. Welcome, Barons. Today's Tenuous Links podcast is brought to you by our new show, Golf Barons Season 1, where swing meets swagger. We're giving you all full access to the 12 series-length episodes for free for a limited time. Jump on to baronslife.com and sign up to see all of the hilarity and hijinks of Golf Barons Season 1. Now, on to today's show. We're still socially distanced, but thanks to the wonders of technology and... To the interwebs, I've got both Phil and Davin in our cyber studio. Gents, great to be socially distanced from both of you. How are you, Damo? Nice to see you from all the way over wherever the hell you are. Great to be there. We're in voice only, gentlemen. Goodbye, you. Gents, I think we should kick things off. Let's use our weekly therapy session and get rid of these hates. Phil, I'm going to start with you. What have you got for us? Hate. It's a very easy hate, this one, Damo and Dev, because... The last game, it's like the last supper. I'm amazed they didn't paint a portrait of it. The last game, Mooner Links, oh, not Mooner Links, Mooner at the National, I don't even know where I played. Here's my hate, was hitting a couple of long drives, and I mean I actually hit a couple of long drives. No, 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 stop your scoffing. No, no. I hit a couple of long drives, but have absolutely no idea how. (laughs) Was it very windy, Phil? It, yeah, it actually was very windy. And a couple of the drives, Damien, were actually into the wind. But I have absolutely no knowledge, technical knowledge or otherwise, of how I did it. I surprised my playing partner. It's not going to happen again. I've promised him. I, uh, how much can I hate this game when I finally do something and become the world's second shortest, tallest short hitter and still unrepeatable? So you just so for you, Phil, in all seriousness, you're hating the fact that you hit something and you don't know how to repeat it. In all seriousness, I'm hating the fact... Well, I'm actually loving the fact that I've got six months to think about it. I'm hating the fact that I've got six months to think about how I managed to actually hit a couple of shots, potentially out of the middle. Um, But I have no idea where they came from, and I can tell you they disappeared as quickly as they arrived. (laughs) They may never be back. That man? Well, doesn't doesn't that imply, Phil, if you don't know how you did it, that... It was more than likely not you at all that made that successful outcome, but just good fortune <laughs> and just the fate of the world <laughs> in that particular moment. You are. That's the only comeback I've got for that, Dave. I, I, I'm just it, trying to think back to the playground. When yeah. someone says something so hurtful yeah. that it's accurate, I was trying to think what I used to do in the playground. And <laughs> yes, I'm getting in a Kuna, and you are. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> Fair enough. Go ahead, Dan. <laughs> that's, that's just good to see the big fella rattled so early on. <laughs> Dav, have you got anything that's, uh, that's upset you this week? Anything that you hate? Well, my, my non-golf-related hate right now is the amount of layers of security we need to log into anything these days. You need to remember a password. You need to receive a text message. You need to capture a code within the text message within 12 seconds. Then you need to submit that code into whatever you're logging into. Just be able to get access to anything at all. Uh, it's doing work, my head in. The whole, the whole working from home, logging into things, I, I, am, I am losing control. Is that my gov, Dev? Go on, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm at least gainfully employed still this week. Gainfully self-employed, Phil. <laughs> no wonder you're happy. My, my, my golf-related hate, it relates to just general laziness. I, I own, I both own and enjoy the old Quickster range net. I, I have shot a video with Shooter. I'm well aware of how quickly it is to, to unfold this thing, set it up and pack it up. Yeah, and, and, and even that two minutes of effort is enough for me to put me off what is an, an, an otherwise enjoyable activity. Can they create one that you can just put up in your backyard and leave up forever? It's called a hill's hoist. <laughs> you dangle a sheet from a hill's hoist. I'm telling you, you, you get some shade cloth. Here it is, kids. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Phil, you, there's a very good chance here you're ruining one of my game changes here, so pipe down. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> this is what happens when we don't have a pre, <laughs> pre-podcast briefing, boys. Anyway, moving along, I'm going to give you boys a hate, and it's one that I know Phil can relate to. It's a negative swing thought at the top of your swing. So you get to your, your backswing, you're feeling good, you get to the top, and it's like, oh, this, you're going to do something wrong here, or you're... You're coming over the top or you or it's like your mind's eyes watching you sway or or not turn properly and it's never a good result. Those those little that little chatter in your head, I can't stand it. I've actually heard you, Damo, get to the top of your backswing and just go, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. You would think you'd think you'd step away though, wouldn't you? Like a normal person would go, Nope, step away. And I saw you do that actually while we're at King Island. You stepped away from one and went, ooh. I've got to learn that. And you came back and you actually hit a really good shot. And I thought, there's proof that this works. When you have that negative mindset, just step away, come back, and you'll be surprised how quickly you can get rid of it. But I'm really bad at it. I can't step away from it. And I was thinking about it the other day. And, yeah, that, that's definitely an absolute hate of mine. Not, not to take this into too deep a psychological kind of conversation because that's a, a rabbit hole that'll just burrow further and further. But an interesting concept that came to me last year, not, well, I didn't think of it. I read it in a book. The whole visualization sports psychology movement where someone re- recommended that instead of visualizing never-ending successful outcomes, visualize yourself – Making mistakes. So visualize yourself hitting the worst shots that you could possibly make and just coming to terms with them before you actually play. And I I think there's a lot of merit to that. I feel like it depends on whether you've got a fear of success or a fear of failure. I think with golf, I think it's a fear of failure. So if you are prepared to just slice (laughs) that ball (laughs) three fairways away and and you're comfortable with that, uh, for me, that fear goes away. And then I hit a ball and I was proven correct. Invariably, that ball slides... <laughs> into into no man's land and never to be found so again. I've heard, Dav, I've heard the saying to get comfortable <laughs> being uncomfortable. I've never heard the saying get comfortable being crap. No, but I think it's more. I think it's more <laughs> a case of don't be afraid of failure. Because I, I remember a few years back now in the final grand final cricket grand final that we played, and I remember the boys. A lot of them were really nervous, and I was lucky enough to playing in several others, and we had a few, or we'd won most of them. So we'd sort of. We'd been there before and we knew what to do. And one of the things I said to the boys at the start was, guys, just don't be afraid to fail today. Don't go back into your shell. Just play freely. Don't be afraid of failure. If you fail, you fail. Bad you know, bad luck. And it's that, it's that kind of concept, Dad. It changes the mindset and it actually it yeah. frees up everyone. But I just don't seem to be able to apply it to That's God. right. If you, if you genuinely make failure okay, 
then and and I think that the logic behind it is if you if you're just continually thinking about success, 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 and then your first shot isn't that, then the whole thing falls apart, you know. And I and I think that's where visualization as a positive thing, as a positive strategy, falls down because you're not going to hit the perfect shot every time. So you need to be prepared for the times where you don't hit, hit, but I hit think good shots. I think it's fine to visualize the positive and to think of the positive. It's more a case of don't. it doesn't all go to pieces if the outcome isn't that. I think that's the difference. Not saying that I accept That's that. right. I'm not accepting it, but I'm accepting that or I'm not being afraid that it might happen. And if it does happen, cool, deal with it, move on. Mm. Let me talk to you about mastering that strategy, Dev. And I want, I'm going to paint a bit of a picture for you. Imagine a man about, you know, 21, 22, a couple of the pubs and clubs in Melbourne, sidling up to a quite attractive young lady going, she's not going to speak to me. It really did prepare me for failure, <laughs> uh, and which I executed on a number of occasions and executed it perfectly. I may well not only be the world's tallest short hitter, in fact, no, I'm not going to go further than that, but let's just say that, that you're bang on, but I, I did master it. I just haven't mastered it in goal. It seems like you weren't bang on. Anyway. <laughs> they're, they're the hates. Bo- I guess. On, I Jeff. guess the, the difference with golf. I guess the difference with golf because there's the old saying: you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. The difference with golf is to get to the end of the game, you have to hit balls, whether you like it or not. Whereas in, in most other sports, you can hide. You can, you know, just do what you have to do to get to the end of the clock, and you're done. But if you don't take the first shot, you're not going to get very far in a game of golf. So it's, it's even preparing if, for even the inevitable, does which is... Shot, he doesn't get very far. Anyway. It was the best five <laughs> seconds of my life, though, mate. <laughs> All right, boys, that's enough of the hate. Let's find a bit of the love. Let's get a little bit... Little, let's get a bit more positivity into it here, Phil. Loves, loves. I'll tell you what, this is called random acts of kindness. When you get people who have no reason to go out of their way to really back you in and give you a bit of a crack, and they do it anyway. And I'm going to use a couple of little code names because so, the, the person deep down knows who I'm talking about. But we'll just call it, you know, someone who's a bit of a knight in sheening armour or, um, you know, I'm a big, a big fan of her work. But yeah, people, <laughs> people who for no yeah. reason at all just say, you know what, I'm going to do what I can to give you a leg up and to give you a bit of guidance and a bit of advice. And for us, this is about the Golf Barons show. And it, it was about giving us some guidance at a critical time about how to navigate our way through a network, which hopefully will have a really positive outcome for us. But either way, I was just struck by the fact that someone could actually, who you've never met, you got referred to, but immediately just said, no, no, I'll back you, because it doesn't happen that often. And it was just really impressive and very humbling that 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 it still exists and the attitude still exists of, no, no, I'm going to give you a leg up because I like the cut of your gym. Yeah. She's a she's a baron. She's an uber baron. Uh, there's no question. In <laughs> fact, I, I was asked whether or not she would uh, yeah, yeah. get a crown, and I said, no, no, you get a top hat. <laughs> I said, we're barons. We don't do crowns. <laughs> Crown free. Very good, Phil. Um, anyway, I like your love. You. Devman. Well, yeah, in a similar vein uh, and in related to the same story, I love when ability meets opportunity, all right? So, you know, we, we have plugged away at this project and we've, we've known that it was a good product that people wanted, that people enjoyed. But sometimes, you know, Castaway, I love that movie. Still uh, seen it. <laughs> he, he just had to wait for... 
<laughs> he just had to wait for that sale to come in. And you just if you if you're not there when that opportunity arises, then you miss it. But if you're there and you and you grab it with both hands, then then good things happen. So, you know, I, I fingers crossed that that the story continues in the trajectory that it's on. But I just I just love it when when opportunities arise for people that have worked hard for them and waited. My dad used to say to me, good things come to those who work hard and wait long enough, you know, and that's something that I, I'm hoping is unfolding for us no, right definitely. now. Good love, Dav. Mine, mine's pretty crap compared to yours. <laughs> yeah, follow <laughs> that, Damo. <laughs> mine's a simple one. It's I just I love playing golf. Like, I'm really, it's been it's been you know a couple of weeks now, and I just I miss playing golf. I miss walking a course. Phil, you're going to laugh at me. I miss walking a course. Can you? When was the last time you heard me say that? I'm like, yeah, I'll get in the cart um, when you were playing cricket. Don't <laughs> I just I didn't realise how quickly I would miss getting out for a game of golf. The the freedom, the relaxation, the mental distraction. I guess from the stresses of life and and everything else. No, I just, I've found or I've validated how much I do love this game. And it's kind of a love coming from a position of bloody hate that I'm not out playing right now. But I know it's a simple one, but it's a a poignant one for me that I really do, I really do love the game. So uh, that's good news considering uh, making a career out of it, Phil. And there's something that I think you, you only appreciate once it's been taken away. And Dev was talking about the, you know, this this focus on the the negative or negative shots or, or potential bad shots, but the mindfulness that can be achieved when you're playing golf, of just getting into a moment or getting into a zone or appreciating the little things around you. You know, like that theory of counting the rose petals. You know, just just appreciating the things that you are surrounded by. And there's been a lot of conversation recently in the press around golf or whether golf's setting a good example or a bad example about being active and out there in the current climate. And I'm really torn on my feelings about that because there is this, uh, it's building on this elitism of the game, well, it's an elite game, it's an elite game, as opposed to it's a walk in the park. You just happen to be dragging a set of golf clubs. Now, I'm allowed to ultimately walk around a park. I'm allowed to walk around the park with a mate. I'm allowed to Two walk. Two metres away. So, so I actually don't really clearly see the distinction. So I'm kind of leaning more towards the just let us play. I'm sorry, this is the game we chose, as opposed to continue to ban it mm-hmm. and potentially have that negative impact on, on the mental health, which we talk a lot about and focus a lot on to give people a chance to get through this. And I think that in many ways it's also a good opportunity for the game itself to kind of uh, I'm not I'm not wording this very well but to reflect on itself because the, the things that you're that we are all now missing about the game is perhaps what the game needs to focus on in its own promotion right so I think back to, to to some of my playing days, you know, in different sports, and when I walked away from them, what were the things that I missed that 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 maybe I didn't think I would, but I did. You know, yeah, I missed competitiveness, I missed the, the camaraderie, I missed certain things around the game, and I think you know we need to ask the golf community now that we can't play. Well, what is it about the game that you actually miss? And and maybe it is something that 
that we don't think about when we are able to access the courses and, and a lot of and that play is also going to be those things that we that we talk about often Phil that it's the mateship it's the it is the camaraderie that that Dave touched on it's not necessarily just hitting golf balls which we like doing of course but it's that connection with your mates and especially I'm not trying to make this a, a gender basing but especially for for guys who for blokes because as generally speaking we don't we don't communicate as well uh, <laughs> as as the fairer sex Get us out on a golf course, and it gives guys a chance to open up in, a, in an area where they know it's a you know I'm not going to say a safe environment, but it's a it's a comfortable environment with your mates, and you can be yourself. And I think that I really think there's going to be a lot of people battling with that a little bit at the moment while they're trapped indoors. So I think you're spot on there, Dad. The golf industry has a real opportunity when all of this settles down and we all the dust settles and we all get back to really capitalise on that. And, and realise what it is that drives us to play this game. There was a retail brand in Australia about seven years ago and there's been a number of campaigns of, of equivalents come out, but there was a retail brand in Australia about seven years ago and I won't name them, but it was the House of Golf. And Please they don't name them. ran a campaign which was just about, you know, and this is going back a while, but just get out and play. Like forget about the economy and forget about taxes and forget about all this crap going on and just get out and play golf. And it really summarised things. As I say, it's been uh, it's been relatively well copied of late. But, you know, it is just this idea of, of get out and play and let the lift the weight of the world off your shoulders if you can or share the weight of the world with someone who's playing with you. But do it from two metres away. Like, don't whisper it to them. Shout it to them because maybe there's some relief in that as well as picturing about to bugger up a shot, Dave. But Phil, I feel like I feel like there's a jingle that needs to go with that. <laughs> they, they could be, or maybe it's already been rewritten. Have we, I don't know yeah, where they've got the rights to it, Damo. Oh, exactly. Oh, well. Anyway, again, some of this stuff could could tie into game changes, but it's not what we're picking for this week. Phil, I'm going to throw it back to you. Have you got something to change the game up uh, going forward for the better? Look, I do. And, and interesting enough, on my notes, I'd written this concept of the art of trying to smash it and this idea of control versus speed. But I've scrapped that in light of what Dav said about the quickster net. <laughs> I, my game changer, my game changer is discovering the, the training aids that you might have tucked away in your cupboards that all of a sudden, because you've got this lull, you rip one out and you go, hey, check out you, chicky babe. And I have got one that a mate of mine gave me six – no, thank you, Damien. An associate of mine gave me five or six years ago, and it was called Twitch Trainer. And since I've pulled this out of the box and bothered to actually pay some attention about what was going on – Sam, <laughs> sorry, was it, was, still in its, was it still in its box? It was – still hadn't looked at it. <laughs> well, it's actually a tube. It's not a box. I mean, this, thing's, this thing is gold, but – Cam McCormick, I mean, you start to, because there's all these training programs that go along with it, including stretching and including rotational stretching, which I'm loving, but you start to read up on this thing. And Cam McCormick, who was Jordan Spieth's coach, you know, talks about this thing being the best speed training aid. And if anyone needs it, it's me. And I'm not talking about to the people in Colombia. I'm talking about clubhead speed. If anyone needs it, it's me. So it was like this sign from the gods, and thank you gods, whoever you are, that said, open the cupboard. See that thing in the corner that you've never touched? Open it up and get into it. And I'm loving <laughs> discovering this thing. It's, it, is a ga- it is a love, but it's a game changer because for me, I'm hoping that it'll actually add enough credibility to my game that I might move from world's shortest 
hit a tall person to world's second or third or fourth tallest. <laughs> yeah, you want to move up. Short, it's all incremental, Phil. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> but the yeah. discovery, the discovery of training aids at a time when you, that's all you've got, and you just make them work and you discover them and yeah. see what's going on. No, very good, Phil. Dev man, ga- yeah. game changing. Just, look, I just just adding to that. Just adding to that because I do have the quick the quick range now. Just quietly, when, when, how, how much, when how it was a like Christmas present for my wife. Every drop in here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need you need you need to tag them in this podcast. You need to tag. Right? And when she asked me uh, what size net I needed, obviously I said you need to get me the biggest thing that they can make. <laughs> Got to cover because, my whole backyard. Uh, <laughs> nothing could possibly be big enough. But um, financial shares are doing you know, well. Some of, some of the best. <laughs> Some some of the best times you'll have as a, as a kid, you know, is kicking the footy in the backyard. It's 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 spending an hour shooting hoops in the backyard, and and you know, as we get older, uh, our tastes for sport change, and, and our and our athletic abilities change, and we and we we take up different kinds of sports that are maybe a little less uh, intense. But you miss those the opportunities to to sit in your backyard and and do that, and and these. these golf training aids that that's that's what i loved about doing it other than the fact that it's 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 brought me from the worst play you've ever seen to uh someone that might occasionally hit a decent ball yeah so it's just it's just like you said in, in, in a time when we we don't have a choice there's a lot of enjoyment to be had from from just sitting in the backyard with it with a beer and and, and it's, it's funny you say that, that Dave, because <laughs> my game changer is one that's been born out of um, necessity in the last week. It, I've called it. I've actually written down here in my notes, Phil, that it's a potential game changer. I'm not sure it actually will will help, but I'm pr- I get a pretty strong inkling that it will, and it's backyard golf. So it's a little bit like urban golf that you've seen us do, or indoors or outdoors, but. Um, but in your backyard, basically. So I'm talking about you play from one spot, you know, over to the clothesline. You're going to flop it into the trampoline. And you can even do that occasionally when the kids aren't jumping in it. You know, it's really good for short game control, this sort of thing. And I just reckon I just reckon it's an area that is often overlooked, that, that short game. And we know how important it is to golf and to your um, overall, overall scoring. So I, I just think there's a real opportunity for, for people to, to fuel the creativity of golf. Um, yes, it's over a smaller a smaller range, but and again, your lies might not be as good. You might be hitting a few off some pretty thick rough, depending on whether the kids have mowed the lawn properly or not. Um, but I just think it's I think it could be a real game changer that in this time that we're stuck here, people have a real opportunity to tighten up the short game. Phil, I'm talking directly at you with your uh, your shall we say less than superior wedge game, chipping and pitching. You're going to be magnificent by the end of this. Normally played with a driver, Damien. You're talking about that short game or a different short game? <laughs> I'm talking about your actual short game. Well, you're going to. You're the first to admit that your wedge game is not exactly strong. I've become a lot better since I've stopped playing, Damo. Very good, very good by you. Anyway, that was my game changer. I thought it was something that might <laughs> might work. But that, that swings us into gear effect, and I'll I'll continue on here because this is. This is something that Phil kind of ruined for me earlier, but gear effect, just something as simple as a bed sheet. You can, in your backyard, put it up on the clothesline, put a couple up there just to thicken it up a little bit. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised (laughs) how 
biggest shots you can hit into this. You can get your driver and you can hit it in. Now, make sure it's wide enough um, and that you're close enough to it. But you can still work on your long game in your own backyard. Tee it low. That's my only advice to the listeners. If you're going to do it, you might want to just tee the ball down a fraction because I can tell you that I attempted this demo a few years ago in my backyard when I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to relearn to hit Persimmon Woods. And because we get into a habit of teeing the ball up a little bit with Titanium Woods, I might have teed the ball a fraction higher and not taken into account the heavier shafts and all the other things that went on. And the people at number 17... But the, don't forget Persimmon Woods as well, Phil, are going to come out higher anyway. Higher ball flight out, which we found when we did our, our old versus new challenge. Well, they will off the top of them. Well, that was Dion, so unlucky for you, Kipper. Davman, that was pretty ordinary by Phil. Have you got... <laughs> Have you actually? That wasn't even yours, was it, Phil? Sorry, mate. Have you? Uh, have you got? No, it wasn't. It was actually yours, Damo. But it was anyway. My, the final grand crap. final. I remember that for next time. <laughs> Philbert, what have you got, mate? What's your um? What's your gear effect? Mine is about uh, golfers just being weirdos, and uh, no offence to the person who suggested to me that this is one of the traits of a golfer: collectibles. What we collect and what we just can't let go and stuff that we think might have a great value that we're not sure about, but for some reason we hold on to it. And this person who sent me a uh, bit of an email, or maybe it was on Messenger or somehow they communicated with me through some modern technology and they will have the pseudonym of Chappie. Hi, Chappie. (laughs) But I won't say who. So Chapstick. Anyway, so Chapstick sent me a note saying, and we're talking about this idea of for love or money, is why do you hang on to some things? Now, Chappie happens to have three Ping 1A putters, and the 1A putter was the first putter that Ping made. Well, that's a fair enough thing Um, to hold on to. Well, he's got three of them because one obviously just wasn't enough. But then he went on to say, you know, plus don't tell the missus about the 300 laminated and persimmon woods I've got scattered around the, um, the garage for whatever reason. But then finally I got a sense of why he would do this because he said, my dream, my dream is to have a hickory set. So he wants to restore a set of hickory shafted clubs and have a hickory set if he ever wants to use hickory. And Damo, I know that you're fascinated by that whole idea as well. Well, Big fan, yeah. He wants a retro set, which is kind of, you know, as we're talking about with the DG273s or otherwise, we're talking about Mm -hmm. a bit of ye olde world action but not too old, something that you can still use. And then he has his modern set, but he has three go-to sets that at any point in time he can change the game up, and maybe I should have had that in Game Changers, but he can change the game up and he can take the game for him personally in whatever direction he wants, which I love. But had we not been collectors... Sorry, David. I was going to say, how much fun would that be, though? Having having three. What, do I, what am I going to play today? I'm going to play that set. Completely, completely different golf. Complete. It's a it's a completely different game. And so, Hickory retro or modern. And I guess, in a sense, I tried to touch base with that with my DG two seven three adding, but I didn't have the courage to add to that the woods I was using at the time because I'm not sure I could see them behind the ball. They were that small. But the idea of actually being prepared to take the game, not not to change the tees. And not to have pin in or pin out. I'm going to change the game just by changing my equipment. And I loved it. The collectible nature of golf for love or money. That's my gear effect demo. Yes. Well, you are a bit of a hoarder yourself, though, aren't you, Phil? Some would say that's three letters too long. But no, anyway, that's good. Goodbye, you. Dav, any any gear effect? (laughs) 
Well, it's it, maybe it's something that you guys have covered before. It's something that I raised, I think, on our last shoot or second last shoot. For clubs to incorporate a phone app for the club where players can, at any point throughout the game, order a beer, order a snack, order a round of something, and the club and it, with a little cart will drive it out to you and meet you on the 7th, on the 5th, wherever it may be. And I just feel like that's doing two things. The marketer in me is saying that is putting every person that comes through that game on your database. And the second thing is if you're catching every opportunity to make some money whenever someone has a bit of a taste for a beverage or hunger pangs out on course, you're not missing any opportunity to bring more revenue into the club. Every, every player, what do you every think? player to spend another 10 bucks or, or 20 bucks, that just changes your bottom line in a massive way. But mm. the whole attitude is, Dev, and Domo, we did touch on this last week, of, of rethinking your whole service offering um, yep. and putting the customer first and saying, mm. how can we wear our customers today? And, and Dev, it's amazing that you mentioned that because I was having a conversation with another young gentleman only a few weeks ago, and I won't mention the golf club because I really don't want to embarrass the golf club, but he said that he was playing there with a couple of guests and he thought, geez, a coffee would be nice. And so he rang the pro shop and said, am I able to order a few coffees? No, we don't take phone orders. Well, what do you mean? No, we can't. You've got to come in and pay for them. <laughs> well, why? hang on. But I'm going to come in and pay for them because I'm currently on the 7th and you know that I hit off the 1st, so there's a fair <laughs> chance I'm going to be able to complete the loop. I'm going to be in there in 15 minutes. You can't just start making them now and having them ready. No, 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 you'd need to come in and pay. Well, I am going to come in and pay. And so there was this back and forth of someone just going, hang on, I'd like to spend money with you, please, and someone else saying, I'd really like you not to when it seems that straightforward. And yes, there's probably complications, but if you can do, and this was the point from last week, Damo, that you made, from a club point of view, if you can, do. Exactly right. But let's be honest, who... The people you're speaking to, they're not owners, are they? Obviously. If you're an owner, if you're if you're someone who if this was your business, there's no question you would say yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But there's and I think I think a lot of this will change, Phil, because of everything we're going through at the moment, that people will start to appreciate the jobs that they have and realise that in order to in order to not only just to keep those jobs, but to keep the business alive, they need to buy in to the greater messaging. And I think golf has such an opportunity to change itself in this country. It's interesting, as I've thought about a lot recently, about <laughs> just in general, people who don't understand that in order for them to earn a wage, they have to be bringing value to the people that are paying them the wage on top of the value of the wage. (laughs) It's like it's people just get, you know, they get entrenched in their jobs and they get entrenched and they they get involved in the politics and, you know, I don't like how they're treating us this way and that way and I'm being bullied and at the end of the day, (laughs) company needs to make money for you to be employed. Like you said, I think any opportunity – to increase revenue and secure the future of any organisation, whether it's a golf, a golf club or anything, needs to be capitalised on, uh, certainly any way you can. Yeah, draft picks, Dev. It all comes back to the NBA draft. And I knew I was going to make this back to basketball eventually. It oh, all God, comes back to basketball. So you're <laughs> saying to all the employees, 
what are you prepared to do to be number one in the draft? Because I've got to tell you, if things get tough, numbers 60 down are all going to get cut unless you've wowed us at preseason training. So what am I prepared to do to be number one in the draft? What am I prepared to do to be the next LeBron James, second GOAT, backup GOAT, junior GOAT, uh, or the next Michael Jordan? From a business point of view. You've got to be prepared to – yeah. You've got to at least be prepared to make a coffee that a person <laughs> won't turn up to purchase. <laughs> Very good, Daph. And that brings us to baronesque behaviours, boys, and I'll, I'll follow on from that because mine actually does tie into some entrepreneurial – Sort of a concept that's been brought up by someone, Phil, who came on our uh, King Island golf trip. So these guys, cut a long story short, they have to close their restaurant in order to, well, because of everything that's going on, they had to, in order to do that, they had to, to give, I think it was 36 or 37 staff members sort of the walking orders in the meantime. And it really upset them. And they didn't even last a week before they came up with a new campaign to get these guys back into their jobs but also to help the community to a degree. And these are our mates down at the Whiny Cow down in Mornington. They've started this hey, Grow, to Give camp, Grow to Give campaign. And basically what they're asking is they're asking the, com- the community to donate to the restaurant to prepare a meal to give to someone who's struggling at the moment with everything that's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and that's not just for people who are just financially struggling, but people who are, who are struggling mentally. Or just to say thanks to those on the front line, so the doctors and the nurses, um, who are fighting this stuff to a degree. And it, it was so, such an inspiring campaign. And they're, they're good people. They're not taking taking a, a dollar out of it, but they're, they were just – I remember speaking to Cam and he said, I'm just – I'm going stir crazy staying at home. I need to do something. And these guys – and that's an entrepreneurial spirit. It's such a baron's, baron-esque behaviour and I, I wanted to give it a shout-out this week. Woohoo! Philbert. Well, mine, I suppose along similar lines, Damo, mine, on top of all the, the great work and the wine account, they have nailed it. And look, three votes. It, it is fantastic and a great initiative. I do During think the Cam's trying to move his We are unashamedly praising the braveness of the fireys and the Rural Fire Service, Country Fire Authority and all the rest of it fighting fires and putting their bodies on the line. And I think by the same token, we need to be give absolute credit and respect and thanks continually to healthcare workers who are 100% doing the same thing, except they're attempting to do something, uh, and I won't say even bigger, the, the fires were more posing a more immediate danger. The healthcare workers are currently fighting something that potentially poses a more long-term danger, even though we were flippant about it, which we'll continue to admit that we might have been a little bit flippant about COVID-19, because at that point in time, it wasn't called COVID-19, it was just a coronavirus. <laughs> I was, I was um, very but healthcare workers early on just about the unbelievable. <laughs> No, 100% agree with you, Phil. They Look, not to use the term get does get used a little bit too easily, but they are genuine heroes. They're putting their own health, the health of their families ahead in order just to help all of us and to help us through this tricky time. So 100%, doff of the cap. Davman, is there anything in the last week that has got you excited? You're shaking your head. We all need to get out and have a cigar <laughs> and a couple of drinks. I tell you what, we are going to have the session of all sessions when we get out of this lockdown, boys. <laughs> And that is uh, actually not a bad way to venture into golf tipples for this week. And I've been, I probably think about this more than you boys as a rule, but have, have a think about it. Boy. What's the first drink? Let's say cocktail. So we make it, it's not just a drink, it's not just a beer. It's not, what's the first cocktail you reckon we should all have when we, when we sit down to play or at the end of a game of golf? Well, well for mine, Damo, it's a past spangled banner. And the reason 
that I'd like to have one with you boys is because I'm enjoying one now. And it just, I mean, it might be as simple as two ingredients, which is the Shiraz gin, four pillar Shiraz gin and some bitter lemon. But it is just so delicious that it would be a shame of me not to share it with you and share the spoils of you. But other than that, I haven't thought too much about it. <laughs> In general, for me, after a game of golf, there's no drink that would sum up my frame of mind than a whiskey sour. Ooh, yeah. Come on, man. Talk us through it. <laughs> well, in, in, it, sometimes when you have an, an emotional – you're in an emotional state, you need things that match that emotional state so to enable you to move past it. And, and I'm, 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 usually, I'm usually pretty sour after a game of golf, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's always bittersweet. I've always enjoyed having played but never quite – Reached the heights of my lofty expectations. Oh, boys, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a proper podcast without me coming up with a golf proper golf tipples, and I have found one this week. Now we can't all share it together, obviously, but I'm I'm going to make it here, and it's it's basically it's le- it's what what I've got left over. I mean, there's not a heap left over in the uh, in the cabinet after a couple of weeks with kids in the background going nuts. Yeah, no, it's not getting to me at all. But what I have found, Phil, is I'm able to make what we call a gin buck. And I think it's a bit of a pro, you know an appropriate bit of rhyming slang right now to be honest. If if it was um if it was called a gin bucket, it would be even more apt. But all it is is, and I'm going to make one here as we uh, as we're talking. It's uh, going to fill it with a bit of ice, as you can hear. Oh, listen, that's the that's the boring bit. Bit of gin, gentlemen. You can never go wrong with a bit of gin. And I've gone with the Tanqueray number ten. Only because if it doesn't taste any good, I won't be too upset. So in she goes. Feel free to talk here, lads. I know you're you're getting a little bit jealous, but uh, I know Phil is anyway. It's the majesty. It's the majesty of the remote golf tipples, Damo. It's very difficult for me to understand and get excited by what's going on when I don't have one. <laughs> and then top it off with a little with a little bit of ginger ale. Bit of dry ginger ale. There she goes. And honestly, I've genuinely never had one of these before. So I have no idea if it's going to taste like a bat or a pangolin. But I'll let you know shortly. It's okay. We're going to have to work <laughs> on this segment a bit, Domo. I know. I know. But that's all I've got. That's all I've got. I haven't got anything left in the cupboards, Phil. I need to do a, I need to do a run, but I'm too scared. Only, only choose a supermarket that will sanitize your hands on the way in and on the way out. All right, we'll do. We'll do. All right, boys. And that have plenty of tonic That's- water and bitter lemon so that you can start to get into this whole quinine thing <laughs> and cure yourself of any particular ailment based on what I read page four. <laughs> well, after what you said last week, Phil, I people- went down and started shotgunning all the tonic water I had, so I'm, I'm fresh out. But I still don't have corona, so you could be onto something. What's that about? Yeah. About- <laughs> <laughs> are people confusing quinine with chloroquine? Oh shit! Is, this, is there a is there a, is there a misreading? Quinine, no, quinine dabbies in, in <laughs> malaria tablets, from my understanding. It is, is it? They might be related. From way back. I don't know. Phil doesn't. Okay. His research isn't wonderful. I just agreed with him because he gave me a chance to have a couple of gins. Now, moving on, boys. Time for a bit of crystal balling. Let's see if we can make some some predictions this week. That'll come true. We've had a lot of time to ourselves. Phil, is there something you can see unveiling itself reasonably shortly? Well, as shortly enough it is before I'm allowed to play golf again, I'm going to fall in love with Blades again, Damo. I'm going to fall in love with Blades 
and it's going to be to the detriment, of, detriment of my game, but I'm going to become Blade Man, and I've already identified the blades that I'm going to use. What are they, Phil? And they are a set of Top Flight LT grinds back that I got in 1999 or maybe 2000 that have the little sombrero on the back of them. They certainly weren't released in 2000. And they're pretty. They're pretty. Pretty good? Oh, no, no, they're just pretty. No, they're going to bugger me up completely, but I am going to fall in love with them much to the detriment of my game, and I don't care because they're pretty. Well, you know what, Phil? My crystal balling also relates to you. And it's that I think we're going to find out that you are, in fact, left-handed. <laughs> I think we've found the fault. I think we're going to- he's, the, he's the Ben Simmons of golf. That you're going to switch. You're going to, <laughs> you're going to switch sides. You're going to hit, get more distance. Quicker swing speed will work out why you can't hit it out of your shadow, and it's because you're swinging the wrong way. And we'll actually realize you, you are, in fact, a gun golfer. There you go, Phil. There's a prediction for you. You are you are Phil Mickelson. Damo, thanks for bringing basketball back into the podcast, uh, both for Devon and my benefit. But Tristan Thompson, who <laughs> plays played for Cleveland, actually switched shooting from right hand to left hand because he discovered that his whole life he'd been taught to shoot right handed and should shoot right handed, but he was a crap shooter. Uh, sorry, no offence, Tristan, if you're listening, and I know you're an avid listener of the podcast. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a crapshooter as well. <laughs> but they re-engineered. They actually had a look at things. And, and, Dav, in terms of nothing to do with what you've said, but in terms of the this idea of the mindfulness of focusing on the bad shot, not the good, and, again, doesn't relate to that in any way, what they did is they said to him, if I threw you a gridiron ball or an American football, what hand do you throw it? And he said, well, I don't know. And they threw him one, and he started pegging these left-handed balls down the court in perfect formation. What had apparently been happening for years is that he'd been winning bets off guys like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James shooting wrong-handed. So because he was right-handed, he'd been betting them all who could shoot the best left-handed, and he gets left-handed and he starts striking it perfectly and winning more money than his contract. And as a result, he now shoots left-handed. So maybe, Damo, you're onto something. I I think I could be. I could be. Davman, any, uh, any predictions for you coming up? I, it's just <laughs> my mind. To be, didn't read the whole honestly, email. Too, too engrossed in the too engrossed in the too engrossed in the left hand talk and uh, <laughs> the switching hand talk. Uh, it's just uh, escaped me. I'm gonna have to I'm come back to you now. You've got uh, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Looks sounds like you've uh, drifted off there, Dav. Almost like you're uh, you're dreaming, which brings us into the oh. next segment: golf dreaming. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Good. So I'm gonna I'll, I'm happy to kick this one off, lads. Again, we're getting close to Masters Week, and it's it's getting it, it's that time of year where, where we think all things Augusta, all things Georgia. But I'm going to take us to Georgia, not Augusta per se, but to Georgia still to Sea Island Resort, Philip. Oh, you, you know it? Oh, perhaps. Yeah. So first things first, golf. Obviously, uh, this place has three magnificent golf courses. Uh, we've got the Seaside, we've got the Plantation, and the Retreat, I think. Retreat, yeah, the third one. The Seaside, it's, a, it's an Oceanside Lynx course. It's got that Augustan manicured-style fairway and green set up. You know, very, think Augusta National. Absolutely gorgeous. Sweeping dunes. And then you've got all the native grasses and, and, and flowers, etc. To really, It's really Georgian in that respect. 
It's the home of the PGA Tours RSM Classic. It was actually once described, Phil, by Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones of all people, as the best nine holes he ever played. Now, that is, if that's not, that's not kudos for a course, then I don't know what is. Then you've got the Plantation course. Now, this was redesigned by Davis Love and his brother Mark. Um, this is more your quirky, uh, fun kind of a track. It's built in and around lakes, and it's got some r- incredibly large sort of feature bunkers, I guess you'd call them, that are just huge, and they're just visually spectacular, and that'd be a bit of fun to try and get out of. Then there's the Retreat, which is more, more your open, more accessible, really sort of enjoyable woodland-style course. So you've got three cracking tracks for different levels of golfers or for different styles of golf, I guess, um, at the one joint. All magnificent. That on its own. That on its own. It's a big tick. That's a tick, Phil. You want to go there for that. That's great. Then you get to the accommodation. You're staying at the lodge. Now, this is an, an English-style sort of manor, and it's every bit of grandeur you could possibly imagine. I'll send you some photos. Obviously, I can't can't show, show people what it looks like, but check it out. The lodge is just very, very cool. Wait for dining. Wait for the dining, Phil. We're going to eat. Davman, we're going to eat at Colt and Allison Steakhouse. I know I took your steak last week, but I couldn't help it. When I read the read the menu on this place, we had to go there. We're talking Wagyu short ribs. They cook it in front of you on, on a salt block. It's, it's very cool. It's not cheap, but it is absolutely magnificent, really decadent. The whole menu's rather decadent, actually. Probably couldn't eat there too much because you'd feel, you know, when you have too many rich food you you struggle a bit but we're definitely going for one big night there and then we're going downstairs to the wine cellar they have a wine cellar here boys do you reckon i'm excited about this pine wooden ceiling that was created from a mid 1800 (laughs) south carolina sawmill but light and and limestone from north georgia it has an award-winning wine collection more than a thousand labels boys of old and new world vintages i'm in heaven we're going to that cellar there's other things you can do there. There's heaps of water-based activities. There's hunting, there's shooting, there's horse riding, tons of other things to do. But no, we're going there for the golf. We're going there for the, the incredible wines and the magnificent food. That is a magnificent dreaming, Phil. Magnificent dreaming. Sea Island Resort, we're going there. Boom. Damo, how far out of Tbilisi is it? Not your, not your finest work. Okay, so we're still in the US here, Phil. We're actually not that far from oh, the we're, oh, national, as I said earlier, yes. But, I was um, going to say, because it shouldn't have, been, <laughs> should have been designed by uh, Pekka Talanda, wouldn't it? Oh, Pekka. Leave Pekka alone. You're always, you and, you're always on about your Pekka. Anyway, that was mine. Have you got somewhere, Phil? Come on. That, tell me right now, is there anywhere you would want to be more than a place like that? No, here's where I'd want to be. I'd want to be on a trip of a lifetime that unfortunately, thanks to the bat, a very dear friend of mine is not able to uh, enjoy. And mine's going to be a very short and sharp dreaming, which is about me feeling genuinely sorry that this very, very good human being uh, is going to miss out on this. Because how would this, this is like the holy triumvirate. Sorry, Phil, is this a trip that was booked that has had to be cancelled? This is a trip that was booked. He was meant to be leaving on Monday. Oh dear! Oh, this is no. This hurt, is not it? good. This is not a good Where result for anybody, including people who know him. So I'm going to call this dreaming the sacrifice of tree, and why he hates bats. <laughs> so trip of a lifetime with a couple of mates trip of a lifetime where, where would you start if you went to the west coast of the united states wanted to play a little bit of golf and ideally all in one area where might you kick things off Pebble. 
Maybe. Trying to get to Pebble somewhere that along Monterey, yeah? Maybe Pebble Beach. You might want to kick things off at Pebble Beach. So you're oh. teeing off at 8.12 oh, no. at Pebble Beach on next Tuesday morning. I don't know the exact tea time. It could be ladies' comp. I'm not sure. Anyway, but- It wouldn't matter. You, you might have- I'm not sure what tea they're off. You might have a couple of rounds at Pebble. You might then move on to Spanish Bay. Because why wouldn't oh, you? Man. Followed by followed by, followed by a lazy round around Spyglass. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially two. And despite not being able to get on at Cyprus, the comment was made is that because we can't get on there, we we're planning on doing a nudie run across Cyprus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine can you imagine the pain Jeez, they because are stiff, of aren't they? the bat? I mean, seriously, he's bought 100 of my T-shirts because of the bat and the pangolin, but mainly because of the bat and the pangolin. Pebble Spanish Spyglass nudie run at Cyprus band, and I feel his pain because that is like my dream golf trip, and he's just had it poo-pooed or bat poo-pooed. Guanoed all over the shop. (laughs) Shakaka. That's just not fair. Just not fair. Ah, well, unlucky for him. That's uh, So your dreaming is actually a bit of a nightmare, Phil. I just, I feel, I really do feel for the young man. I I don't feel for him in the sense that he's worked hard enough to be able to have the money to go there. But I I just can't, I can't even work that pain out of being able to lose a golf trip like that. I I don't, it's not making sense to me. No, that's harsh. That is harsh. Davman, did you get to this part on the email? Have you... uh, Have you found yourself somewhere you'd like to? <laughs> I did, go? I did. In fact, I did. In fact, somewhat inspired by your your recent trip down to King Island. Island. Yeah. Where did you go? <laughs> King Island, Cape Wickham. All all over the facts. I am. I. I. I you, you can't get one past me. You can't get one past me. I've always had a fascination. Always had a fascination with uh, these small, remote island mm-hmm. communities. And one in particular, Norfolk Island. Norfolk. Population 2,169. And dropping. North Island Golf Club. <laughs> dropping. Norfolk Island Golf Club, well over 100 years old. So you talk about staying power as a golf club. They've got a potential membership base of <laughs> 2,000 people and they've managed to stay open. I'm just fascinated by this place. It's a cult-like community. <laughs> In a very remote part of of the Pacific Ocean, uh, Australian sovereign state and uh, a beautiful looking golf course. I'd love to go over there and see how many people play it, where they find the money to keep it looking so pristine and beautiful and see whether uh, it's worth a game there and whether it was worth the, you know, three-day boat ride. I'll tell you where they get the money. I'm tipping tipping (laughs) we're eating some of the the local beef. That's there. I remember seeing a uh, actually during Shark Week recently, where they had a lot of sharks just off the coast there, where people are surfing, and when when cattle local cattle dies to keep it uh, keep all the waterways safe and okay for drinking and all the rest of it, out they go and they feed the sharks with the uh, cow carcasses. There's a bit of Joe Rogan style uh, useless knowledge for you there, boys. But Dev, <laughs> what are we eating, Dev? Did you get that far? There you go. I was going yeah, to say, you know where sure. they get the money from? Apparently, when you're on the seventh tee, you can ring the pro shop and you can order three coffees. Expensive coffee. And they know that you're good for it because you're playing on their golf course and they prepare them and have them ready as the ninth, as you walk past the tenth hole. You pick them up on the way through. They add them to your account 
and everybody's happy. They love coffee on Norfolk Island. The consumption per capita of Norfolk Island golf of coffee is the highest of any golf course in the Pacific in the world. Well, the Norfolk, the Norfolk Island coffee bean. Is that because when they, is that because they know when you order it, feel that you'll be there sooner or later? Well, I'll tell you another useless fact about Norfolk Island, Damo, just to deflect from your embarrassment of that gag. They used to have, and I'm not sure whether they still do, but a massive pro-am there where they used to bring a lot of golf pros from particularly Australia and throughout the Pacific Islands, but over there to have this massive almost golf festival and big golf pro-am there that was one of the hardest tickets to get and one of apparently the most enjoyable experiences of a professional golf and golfer's life. So I think they do things just by being awesome. Hence why I chose that. Oh, that's why. Goodbye, you, Davin. <laughs> Goodbye, you. Did you find is, – is there any is there a local drink there that they have that we, we'd have to sample while we're there? Look, I think the, the level of research I did for this particular question, it probably edges a little beyond that. A couple of – Castaway Restaurant and Bar, I understand, <laughs> is the Hanks place is to go. Tom I hear. Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks is a very big fan. The Wilson cocktail, I believe, is no, it goes down you. a treat. Goodbye, you. All right, on that note, I think it's time for this week's history lesson, the most somnambulant part of the podcast. Philip, you've got uh, a pretty pretty interesting and um, pioneering Do I? Well, I better just check my notes. No, I'm just taking the piss, Dav. I was just trying to make you feel better about your lack of preparedness for the other one. So this is about people who change the game. So we just want to talk about people who change the game. And because this does traditionally put people to sleep, I'm going to try and rip through this without being disrespectful to the great man himself because there are some things in here that will appeal to you, Dave, and Dave, they'll appeal to you because you wear clothes. Today's topic or person who changed the game, Eli Calloway. And this is, this is someone who made it's just made such a, a massive impact on golf that I think he needs to be celebrated. So born in, now you love this, born in LaGrange, Georgia in 1919. Now, if ever you were going to be born somewhere with Grange in the name, what are two areas, knowing how good a couple of things are from South Australia, mm-hmm. what are two areas you're likely to get involved in if you're born in a Grange? It's question and answer. Uh, Wan. One, culture. and, well, obviously golf because of Grange Golf Club. So he was born in LaGrange, which is a bit of a, a bit of a pointer to his future. Now, this is how in, ingenuous, ingenious, wowee, wowee. So Eli Calloway, he sold literally, he sold literary digest at the age of 10. He made 150 bucks selling these literary digests. With that, he bought peach trees. He sold his first harvest alone for 750 bucks. Georgia Peaches, this guy was born to be a genius. Massive career in textiles. In 1968, founded Callaway Vineyard, Damo. The, the biggest claim to fame of Callaway Vineyard is that it was the white wine, mm-hmm. the white wan, served to Queen Elizabeth during her bicentennial tour of North America. And what caused a bit of a ruckus amongst wan circles was that she asked for another glass. It was that good, and it really put his vineyard on the map and put his whole territory on the map. So pretty good stuff and some great research by me. But in, in 1981, he decided to move into golf, and he did this with a, a guy, uh, Dick Delacruz and a couple of others with, who had a company called Hickory Stick. And he said, you know, I quite like this golf thing, and I reckon with my brains and your nothing else, we've got a bit of a chance. So he bought into Hickory Stick, and in 1984, Callaway Golf was born. What's Callaway most famous for? What would? The Big Bertha. Now, think about this in modern days. The Big Bertha, when the Big Bertha was first launched in 1991, 
It was 190 cc. Woo, it's big, which is no re- which is why it then led to Big Bertha, the biggest Big Bertha, the great Big Bertha, the super Big Bertha, and the really quite large Big Bertha. But this, <laughs> that's right. Slightly, you'd hate to. Do be we know named why Bertha. he named it Bertha? <laughs> World oh, War no. One. World War One. He was going to call, call it Cannon. Spalding had already stolen that. <laughs> oh, he was going to call it Cannon, but he went with Big Bertha because of the large cannon from Baron von Klupp that was used in big, called Big Bertha in World War One because he just wanted anything that projected the ball down. Sadly, Eli like Calloway died in two thousand and one, but on his headstone, and I really liked this because it shows the humility of the man despite his success. He considered himself very fortunate in all aspects of his life was on his headstone. So Eli Calloway, absolute legend, has given and made the game easier than it potentially would have been for millions and millions of golfers. Someone who changed the game, a pioneer, Eli Calloway. Hats off. And the conclusion of Uncle Phil's history lesson also brings this episode of our Tenuous Links podcast to a close. Thanks again to both Dav and Phil for their thoughts today in a less than perfect setup. But we did manage to make it work, gents. Be sure to watch our new golf show, Golf Barons Season 1, a perfect way to procrastinate while stuck in self-isolation. Hop on over to baronslife.com to get access. Thanks again for listening, Barons. Stay safe, and stay watch healthy, and stay home.